0: Hi, I'm Forrest Griffin. Brian Carraway. And Lisa Bates. What's up, guys? This is Joseph Benavides, UFC Flyweight.
1: Hi,
2: this is Greg Jackson, and you're listening to It's MMA Zing, and that is an amazing pun.
0: Get it? Like MMA, but amazing? MMA amazing
2: Radio.
1: Welcome to It's M-Amazing Radio. I am your host, Dr. Law. And with me as always, DJ Mark. What's up? Also joining us this week, Lavender Gooms.
0: For you gentlemen, I wish you a happy National Thread the Needle Day. And for those of you who will be listening tomorrow, a happy National Coffee Milkshake Day.
1: You might want to (coughs) say the dates, what today and tomorrow are for people, by the way.
0: Come on, man. If you listen to this show, at this point, you should know we record this late Monday night or for you guys evening on Monday. And, you know, you you wake up, you have yourself a nice morning shit. You have your coffee, brush your teeth. Maybe not in that order. I don't know. Maybe you do all three at the same time. Maybe you do two of them at
2: the same time. Mike, this episode, they'll be drinking their coffee milkshakes. You know, happy
0: as, multitasking day, if that's a thing as well. And you know, you listen to the podcast on July twenty-sixth or whatever Tuesday it is.
1: Well done. Um all right, boys and girls. Um, you know, I like to say this podcast, we always get hit by some news or something that makes us a like obsolete by like Thursday at best. This week, Mike, we were obsolete what, Tuesday morning? It <laughs> took
0: about 12 hours, maybe 12 hours. 12 hours at
1: most. So, um, we're talking, of course, about the Nate Diaz, uh, Kamzat of uh, fight News. Um, but yeah, that was, you know, like other podcasts have like emergency podcasts where they just put like a because something happened and they got after an episode out. Like, there was a lot of those this week with the wrestling podcasts, you know, which I'll talk about and stuff we like. Oh, yeah, um, about I kind of wish. Which like Stefan to be on the podcast, too, to talk about Vince man But anyway, I, I did have a moment where I was going to call Mark, uh, Mike and uh, Mark and be like, should we just do like 20 minutes real quick on this or something? But then I'm just like, what kind of precedent is that setting? That we just, I mean, really, I just got lazy because I'm like, do we have to do this often then anytime something wild happens in this sport? But anyway, I mean, let's just fucking talk about it, though. Nate Diaz got hey, that fight he just, wanted. Mark, just to,
0: just to make sure, hey, we could uh, we could always do that, man. A little little bonus episode, you know. Hop that, on. That's just five, for people who minutes. subscribe
1: to the Patreon. That's it. That's it for the Patreon subscribers. And the Patreon mm-hmm. is
0: my Venmo, M E Sanchez one seven. You don't get anything extra, but you get you get my Mike. You just
1: promised them an extra podcast there, a little emergency. I said,
0: I said they get my silent gratitude if they contribute to our
1: Patreon slash my Venmo. Okay. Uh, Marcus, Nate Diaz got that fight he wanted, huh?
2: Yeah, he asked for it. He got it. It yep. you know, took probably three, four months later than we thought, and and no one else really wanted it. Well, let's try to get the timeline
1: for people. Okay, the news is Nate Diaz is going to fight his final fight in the UFC in September against Kamzat Chemeev at UFC 279 from fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. Um, It is the biggest... Definitely the biggest mismatch for a non-title fight main event that I can think of. Because I'm imagining we had a title fight here or there, Marcus, where they're like Ronda versus somebody. You know, Ronda was some big favorite, right? When I, mm. when I saw, last saw the odds, Kamza was hanging out around minus 1,100. And Nate was hanging around around mm-hmm. plus 750. Um, so yeah, this is how we got here. Nate Diaz, had, we've talked about it a lot, so we don't get like the whole long wind of it, but Nate Diaz only had one fight in his deal, we all know this, the UFC does what the UFC does, where they try to make you sign an extension, Nate doesn't want to sign an extension, Nate talked about how he thinks they didn't want him to leave without fighting uh, Conor McGregor again, yada, 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 so, Nate wanted a fight, he said he'll take anybody, and at first the UFC is like, oh, okay. this is like last year, Oh, well, we're going to offer him Kamzat, That fight interesting, right? Because they thought there's no chance Nate Diaz would take that fight. Because, well, the fight makes no sense. Like, star power-wise, ranking-wise, any part about it makes no sense. Why would he take that? Then, um, earlier this year, I someone look up the exact month when Gilbert fought Kamzat, please. When uh, G- Kamzat Chimea fought Gilbert Burns... Had a fucking crackerjack of a battle. I believe it went to decision. Am I crazy? Or did it, go, did it not go to decision? I um, it did. I think it went to decision it, also. It did indeed. Yeah. Mike, when was the fight? April 9th. April 9th. So after that fight, Nate Diaz calls the UFC and says, hey, I want to fight. And they're like, well, what about Cam's that? And he's like, that's who I want. I want Cam's that. And all of a sudden, the UFC is like, well, Nate has called their bluff on some level here. Mm-hmm. UFC doesn't want Nate to leave. We, we, we tried to figure this out last week, right, Mark, where we're just like, we don't understand this because they don't they don't lose anything if he leaves at all. Mm-hmm. They're making money hand over fist. So the UFC books the fight, though, finally. They're like, all right. Now, you're probably wondering, the UFC's going to October next month. Why, in October, they're going to Abu Dhabi. Why wouldn't you put Nate fighting the him, uh, Cam- Cam's out there? Make it even more difficult. It's because that fight card is three days after Nate's contract would expire anyway. So instead, in September, the UFC is going to send Nate and Kamzad out there in Vegas for five rounds, and they are going to make this a very weak card because Nate's going to get pay-per-view points. He's the only one that's going to get pay-per-view points. The UFC gets X amount of dollars for any pay-per-view, no matter what. There's a baseline amount they'll get for any pay-per-view from ESPN. I think the UFC is like, I think we'll take that. So when uh, Ariel, I mean, this isn't me being paranoid. Ariel Hawani's like, don't be surprised that Macy Barber's in the co-main event, and I'm not trying to be disrespectful of Macy Barber. We all actually are kind of Macy Barber fans on this podcast, but unless she's fighting for a title, she should not be in the co-main event of any pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, the reaction to this, to this has been no surprise. I mean, I'm not sure people are surprised. Mark is mostly just like, I'm, su- I- I'm surprised in the number of people who work for the UFC like fighters saying. Well, this is a fucking bullshit matchup, Um, including Leon Edwards, who just fought Nate Diaz and thinks this is some bullshit the way they're treating him. That being said, Mark, he asked for this fight, so I guess it's a lot to take in. We realize that they're they're punishing him, and he's now choosing this punishment, but what do we even say? What are your thoughts?
2: (laughs) Yeah, no, I mean, a lot of people are are concerned that he's being led to the slaughter, um, because stylistically, this is not particularly a strong matchup. You know, he has not done particularly well with guys that have strong top control that are good ground and pound. I mean, we've just seen people be able to kind of stall him out there. But, you know, this is a fight that he wanted. And I'm guessing probably after the Burns fight, he when he saw that he didn't want to engage Burns on the ground, he's like, oh, if he's just going to stand with me, I, I can potentially stand with this guy and be successful. But I think what was a little different, different with the Burns fight is that Burns really negated him w- wanting to wrestle because when he got on the ground... He up kicked him in the chest really hard, which isn't really what Nate does. He doesn't have that kind of physicality. And I think, you know, he was at that point like, OK, well, I'm just going to stand with this guy. I don't want to mess with him on the ground. So, I, you know, I, in both the Diaz brothers heads, you know, they're world beaters. They can beat anyone on any given day. I think for us fans who have seen them against different levels of top competition and not quite get there we see this as a really troubling fight a really you know difficult fight for him to be victorious in and you know and then we look at the brass and we're like oh they're setting him up to fail but you know we'll see you know and we'll see how the pap- the rest of the pay-per-view comes about but yeah if, it might not be too surprising if the rest of the card is not very interesting and it is
1: really top top heavy with this fight um mike your initial reaction to this you're the one who told me quite frankly <laughs>
0: Yeah, um, I think my initial reaction is that I wouldn't say I think it's you can still call it bullshit even though Nate was the one asking for the fight because well not so Nate didn't Nate ran it, out right. of fucks, they offered man. the fight. Let's be they, honest. Nate ran offered, out of fucks. <laughs> they offered that fight to him, you know, months ago and Nate was like, Fuck it, sure. Let's do that. Mm. Because look, for how Nate appears, Nate is a very intelligent man when it comes to the fight game. And he has likely seen what they've done to other UFC guys that are on their way out and how they get screwed, or how they try to do them. And he's like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, give give me that guy. Let me just get out of my contract. I got one more fight. Let's just get it. You want to feed me to to out? Fuck it. Um, so I think you can still say it, it it is bullshit. And man, I mean, I I love the Diaz brothers. I have a sign. I've a signed picture of Nate Diaz and Nick Diaz and. I bought good money for him choking out Conor Connor McGregor, which cost me five Gs, as I've said ad nauseum on this podcast. This is going to be a tough one. I mean, as Mark alluded to, wrestlers seem to be an issue for the Diaz. This is going to look I a mean, lot
1: like that Rory McDonald fight, man.
0: That's exactly what I was what I was going to say. Yeah. The, the first time I hyped up Nate Diaz and the first person that he fought next was Rory McDonald. My
1: friend Peterson just looked at me like if I was the... World's biggest idiot. Honestly, um, yeah. I mean, it is. I mean, everybody. We've had 16 kinds of analysis of this from every MMA reporter. So me, me, parroting back what they said isn't terribly helpful. But I do think one line from Ben Folks was he said, "One thing about the Diaz brothers is that they have a knack for directly and indirectly exposing this sport for what it really is, which is a traveling carnival where the actual contests are the only thing that's on the level. This big booking is just an example of that." It's really well put, quite frankly. A lot of bullshit in this game. Um, I still think people should go back and listen to Nate's interview with Ariel, because it really—people who think Nate and Nick are the same person—they're not the same person. A lot of what Nate and Nate does is theater. I think. Look, maybe Nate really thinks he—he well, he beat Habib because he smacked him in a street fight. Okay, maybe he really thinks that. All right, whatever. But Nate Diaz knows. He says, "I they want me to make stars. He says, that's my job in this company. If they if I fight you, you fight for a title next. And honestly, the streak is at five for the last five fights or whatever. Like, five of last six people have fought for a title. Like, Anthony Pettis is the only one who didn't fight for a title that he fought in the middle there. Um, he he's he very- beat Anthony Pettis? He did. That's why. If he loses to a guy, the guy gets a title <laughs> shot. <laughs> um, But he honestly man, like... Nate, I mean, this is going to mean only to wrestling fans. Nate Diaz is like the Mick Foley of the UFC, all right? If you want a guy to look good, if you want, because Mick Foley famously helped make The Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H, Edge, Randy Orton. Nate Diaz's job in the UFC is that. He's done. That's it. He's done. Um, Mike, how much money are we going to lay on a Nate Diaz uh, inside the distance pit, a bet? Is any sportsbook going to offer that, you think? I'm putting a hundred on that. On A hundred? That's right. We're trying to get a yacht on that money. I don't think I don't think they can even. Offer, the, uh, I don't think they can even offer that. Like, With him going the, to distance. Is, no, you gonna say it's gonna go to distance or just it's gonna go to distance? I thought you're gonna pick Nate to win inside the distance. I'm saying. Oh nah, dog.
0: Come on, <laughs> nah. You you are it, dog. I'm going
1: twenty five bucks. Nate Diaz inside the distance Probably pays out ten grand. No, I'll go. I'll
0: go a hundred for him to just go to the distance. I'll bet like fifty on Yo, him to win. Yeah, Marcus,
1: one percent chance of happening. But if Nate Diaz somehow pulls this off, like I think Nate Diaz should have been like, I should have at least negotiated if I win, a camera needs to be on D- Dana White for the next 20 minutes that set- precede <laughs> me winning this fight. I think that's the only thing Nate should have negotiated because uh, you're going to see that man's, you know, that uh, to- 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 tomato head turn into a fucking like plum head. It will turn purple. Um, would this be the biggest upset ever? Honestly? Um, I it it definitely be in. the I mean, not so could you, right? So could you, and um, uh, sure. I, mean,
2: I think there's a lot. I mean, without a title on the line, it kind of loses a little bit of yeah. luster. And, and I mean, and it's not like this guy is. It's not like Nate is incompetent and in, of a low skill no, class. You no, know? just the, his his opposition is really talented. Um, and at the same time, it's like before the Burns fight, it was like this guy wasn't really tested, right? Yeah. And he fought Burns and and he won, but it also wasn't like he didn't smoke him, right? He he didn't, he he showed, you know, some inabilities Mm. in that fight, right? He didn't want to wrestle him. He got into a slug fight and he, Mm. he won, which was impressive in and of itself, but it was like, you know, things didn't go great for him. So it's not like, you know, he's fighting some guy that has, you know, this aura of being, you know, unbeatable, but he still, I mean, I think Kazmat still holds a lot of that. I think the Burns fight didn't, do a lot to diminish that but it definitely showed you know he's a human and you know we've shown that Nate has complete confidence in himself there's not going to be any mental games and I don't think there was with Burns but you know sometimes these guys get beat before they get in there especially with guys like guys Matt where it's like oh everyone thinks this guy's a world beater he can't be beaten and and Nate won't have those it's really going to come down to skill and I think with skill, it, it does seem like this is particularly a bad matchup. I mean, he's so, older.
1: Yeah. A lot, it's going to be a rough one. And you know what, man? Cam's out
2: in a while. He Cam's, hasn't won in a long time. true. Cam's
1: out um, there. There's a lot better. of things
2: going against him. But I, it, it, I wouldn't put money on it and expect to win, right? You put money on it because you want to make the fight exciting for yeah. yourself or whatever. You know, don't no, expect I, I, that I I think Cam's out
1: going to win by yeah. Dr. Yeah. Well, Stoppage. Like, like a lottery
2: ticket. By You're cut. paying for the— the fun you yeah i think cuts a very likely <laughs> scenario cuz we know diaz is hard to get out of there and if they're just standing cuz he doesn't want to engage with them there you know he's probably going to get cut and, and bloody um and, and yeah, i think a doctor stoppage seems fairly realistic but you know we'll, we'll see how it all plays out but yeah, yeah i'll like be watching being led to the wolves
1: yeah we'll be watching we're not saying we're going to pay for it for sure. Oh, especially, we'll uh, see how, I want to see how the rest of this card plays. I think, I, th- I, th- I, I, I might this is going to be, uh, but I said, not pay for it. That I means me and Mark are going to that Buffalo Wild Wings. That's what we're going to do. Um, this card's mm-hmm. going to be garbage. Gonna be garbage. I'm calling it now. Pure, but you doo-doo. know what? That's that's going to be fine
0: because that allows you to have yourself a nice little day. Maybe take, little, you know, your dogs for a walk. You know, maybe I play a bit, a bit more Fire Emblem and then we just tune in for the main event.
1: Good to go. Um, there's no chance that they don't have a backup plan. By the way, there has to be a backup fighter plan for this. Mm. I'm going to go ahead and say it's Colby Covington. Because I can't think of a worse matchup outside. I mean, oh. that would be worse than Cam's. That'd be boring. It'd be, it'd be um, boring. What happens if Nate gets injured and can't make the fight? That's just in no fight. In the contract. I don't think they can extend it. It it doesn't matter. Nate's not gonna. Nate. Nate will. He he wouldn't. just fought that. not he fight Dos Anjos with like a torn knee, and he missed weight by six pounds. Like he's not gonna. He's not gonna. I I was just.
2: I was just wondering. You know, contractually, I don't know. To be honest, contract if he doesn't fight it, I don't know how that works out. And and again, it it seems unrealistic. Um, But
1: yeah, maybe Covington would be. You know, I think. I think. I think that's the backup. I think honestly, I'm not sure if he's. I mean, if they'll pay him to do it, he'll do it. Um, anyway, yeah, we'll see how the pride of Stockton does. Um, all right, UFC this past weekend was back at the O2 Arena. And after all this, uh, discussion about are these cards better than the pay-per-views and they're all great, this one wasn't so awesome. Um, I also didn't think it was that bad. Um, I thought the main card was pretty entertaining, quite frankly. And I thought a lot of these decisions on the undercard weren't terrible, to be honest, either. Um... We don't need to break that main event down too much because we don't exactly know what happened here. Uh, Tommy Aspinall threw a kick, uh, then took a step back, and was on the ground. Um, Looks like a, I mean, knee injury. I mean, it was a knee injury. Someone on the broadcast said maybe MCL because MCL tears have more pain than ACL tears or something. I don't know. Either way, the kid, I mean, you got to hope for MCL, actually, because that's a shorter recovery time than ACL. But uh, Marcus, I mean, that was just rough. Hmm? What else do you say? He's a young kid. He'll be back, but that was rough.
2: Yeah, yeah. It was, it was a tough loss, and, and we kind of talked about it earlier today. The, to me, after the injury and thinking about it more, it almost seemed like maybe he had something existing because Tom came out on fire, okay. like immediately they're just throwing down and, and to Curtis's, you know, and again, like there wasn't a lot to this fight. There was 15 seconds of action, but Curtis looked okay in the standup. He was landing his own right straights, Um, but it looked like an action. It, it looked like a great fight, you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, Tom had this injury. Curtis doesn't seem interested in waiting around to run it back. And why should he, he's going to ride this momentum potentially, you know, to a title shot or number
1: one contender. Cause he's right there. He really you know, needs right Francis Ngannou and to leave the company. That would really would not be the champion. That'd be really helpful to Curtis Blades' future.
2: <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I think what was he ranked at for this fight? Probably three or four three or something. something. Was he I mean, he's never I outside Tom of Tom was maybe and I think Tom was maybe five. So it's like, look at I mean, it wasn't a clean win, but at the end of the day, you know, it's a W, right? And it's another one. Yeah, on and streak, I mean so
1: Classy guy, we'll by see. the way. I do I, mm-hmm. um I just by the way, I like bisping on the whole card being like the godfather of British MMA, and then at the end I just dug that in general. But him telling the crowd. Like, hey, let's be respectful. This wasn't Curtis's fault. Yada, yada, yada. I saw the pictures of them after the fight, drinking a beer or two. You know, really enjoy the respect mm. in this sport, man. When it comes out, um, yeah. I mean, we hit pause and everything with these two, with uh, Tommy Aspinall. We see what he does. And in my Frank Mir analogy. I mean, what a Frank? How did Frank Mir get hurt? He was always hurt. He got in a motorcycle accident, different injury, mm-hmm. but yeah. I still think this kickout looks like. Reminds me of Frank Mir. Yeah, Mike, two people owe us some money. Um, one of them is Chris Action Man Curtis. The other one is uh, Steve Is uh, Mason Jones? How much money Mason is Chris Jones. Curtis? How much money does Chris Curtis and, and Jones owe us? Uh, well, you know they can split it.
0: Um, so a little easier on their pocketbooks, but they owe each of us uh, about three
1: Gs each. That's right, man. Uh, Mike and I were going to hit that fourteen fight parlay without those two. Mm. I mean, I, I feel good about it though, Mike, because if if it was going well at the end, you and I would be cheering a man's. Torn knee. Like, we literally be like, come on, it means he won. Come on, it means he won. Not in no contest. So,
0: so, look, you're a better man than I, Bobby. I would have been like, he'll live.
1: (laughs) Um, Story of this this fight, man. I guess Jack Hermanson, who loves to grapple, this one, he's just like, hey, man, I'm just going to manage distance and strike with this guy. And Chris Curtis did not consider that possibility and then got really frustrated by the end of the fight. Afterwards, uh, he apologized a bunch and said, hey, man, I just lost my temper. I He had a better strategy than me. I, didn't, I should have been prepared. Um, Marcus, do we give Jack Hermanson a lot of credit here? I mean, it wasn't like it was that exciting, but I didn't know he was capable of the three-round stick-and-move strategy, to be honest. Yeah. It's a new wrinkle. I mean,
2: yeah, you, you would have thought going into this fight, he would have been able to implement his wrestling, get on top, and, and be really dominant there. Uh, one, he gave uh curtis a lot of respect on his takedown defense and it's not like jack didn't go for takedowns he shot a couple times in the first round it was unsuccessful and reverted to you know using footwork circling out and you know kind of picking chris apart um you know and in curtis's you know side it looks like i haven't got a lot of looks at him it looks like he's a fun action fighter yep. he did he went after one of my favorite strikes left hooks to the body was a was a big part of his plan but he really had a hard time cutting off the cage he let jack's basically circle out and exit out the entire fight um got very frustrated but didn't have answers and you know even to discredit that like jack hurt him in the second round you know he he, he was throwing these high kicks one of them even blocked kind of rocked curtis he you know rushed him he threw a bunch of strikes he wasn't able to get curtis out of there and then reverted back to the strategy you know curtis didn't really have an answer he was frustrated um i i honestly kind of thought like the middle finger if 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 that was kind of the play, should have came during the fight. Try to and Jack after the fight called him like an effing uh, p word or whatever, Mm. and it's like so he got heated. So it's like, man, if he would have done that in the fight, maybe he would have because he wanted to exchange in the center. He wanted to just go down and and that was going to be his best chance for victory. And Jack wasn't having it. Maybe if he goaded him, maybe that would have worked. Maybe it wouldn't. But obviously after the fight, there was a lot of heat. But they they both calmed down Mm. and yeah, it was just. Jack utilizing a skill set we haven't seen him have to use that often, but you know, getting a W that wasn't super impressive against the guy we didn't really know. It's it... not really going to move the needle for him, which is
1: unfortunate. Yeah, uh, well, Jack asked Mike. Jack asked for um, Derek Brunson after this, and I had the rankings up because Jack right now is ranked eight, and Brunson's ranked four. Everybody else is pretty booked. I mean, do we do that? Do we wait for Darren Till? Do we recognize that Darren Till pulls out of more fights than he has and we just, you know, don't make plans around him? What do you think?
0: (laughs) I think sometimes uh, convenience and what's available normally means that that's how it's going to work out. Mm -hmm. And Derek Brunson being the only one within that range that actually is available, it makes the most sense. Um, It would be cool to see Darren Till fight uh, Jack Hermanson. If if not Derek Brunson, maybe we maybe we shoot and hope that Darren Hill doesn't get hurt.
1: Yeah, and Darren Hill's talking about how he needs to make some adjustments in his career because he's recognized. We are all noticing you're hurt all the time, bro. Um, Patty Pimblett, Jordan Levitt. This is a good time, man. It's one of the few times the crowd really enjoyed themselves. Um, I didn't. I told you this earlier today, Mark, because a lot of the first round was Jordan <clears throat> trying to get a takedown. And holding Patty mm-hmm. against the fence. Which, then like, at towards the end of the first round, I forgot what Patty did, but Patty started rallying. I think he started hitting him a little bit, actually, right? Patty started hurting he, him. In. He went
2: for guillotines a couple times. Uh, uh, earlier on, they failed pretty bad. And, and then towards the end, he got a really, like, a high guillotine. Uh, and Jordan had to basically give up his back. And that's where he gave up side, ultimately gave up his back, and, uh, and got some punches in, towards yeah, the end of the round. I did not
1: like Felder saying at the end of that first round, during that rally, he's like, well, uh, Patty can't win this round. And I'm like, no, man, Patty won this round. Jordan, Mm -hmm. that shit Jordan did only counts if nothing else happened because none of it worked.
0: Patty also had uh, two pretty pretty solid uh, submission attempts in that first round. Yeah,
1: I'm saying, Mm -hmm. like, that's, I don't know. That pissed me off, to be honest. Um, Second round, I mean, you want to describe the, the finishing sequence, Marcus. Patty was hunting, for that, was hunting for the guillotine. And then Jordan maybe forgot that he could get kneed in the fucking head. Like, what happened exactly there?
2: <laughs> yeah, it was weird because he kind of angled off to the side and it wasn't even like a guillotine. It was almost like he had his side and was setting up kind of like almost like a rear naked choke with mm. an arm in, not quite like an anaconda choke. It wasn't. There wasn't really a submission there at that time. Mm. Uh, but he did basically have an arm and his head tied up. And then, yeah, you know, I think Jordan not really – aware of the the space that Paddy had with his hips and his legs um you know lifted his hands off the ground so he was eligible for a, a knee to the head paddy seized the opportunity struck you know clean to the temple a nice clean knee that rock jordan in in the scramble was able to get his back trap his arm with his legs in a triangle um and then it was pretty much over and that's one thing that the booth did call very quickly i think he was even biz being like oh this fight's over like he didn't have the choke in yet, but it was two on one. He had that a guy like tracked. Patty. Yeah. Yeah. With well, a guy like Patty, it's like, well, this is only a matter of time before he's able to just pull up the chin and get underneath it and get the choke. So it was another, you know, a, a good win for Patty. He did have to persevere a little bit more. Jordan did control a lot of that first round and, you know, stylistically I would have thought this would be a pretty strong matchup. You know, Patty, of the skill sets he has has i think he's a better grappler than anything else and more submission based and jordan was definitely a wrestler and it was kind of weird is like you looked at jordan's physique and like the dude didn't seem that strong he definitely seemed like Mm -hmm. when i looked at him i was like this guy could probably cut to 145 no problem you know he's not that tall he's not very cut you know and but he was very strong. Like, he was muscling up Patty against the cage. Now, granted, like you mentioned, Bob, like, it wasn't doing any damage. All he was doing was controlling. He did get one decent slam in, uh, but wasn't enough to really cinch that round for him with the stuff that Patty did. F- but for me, at the end of the day, it's like, look, I love Patty. I love how the crowd has really gravitated t- towards this guy with only three fights in the UFC. But I'm I'm still very hesitant to yeah, to really get behind him skill wise, because I just don't know, especially in this well, division, when he starts fighting these top
1: guys, Marcus, how he's right. going to do, <laughs> especially lead? with with the striking. So this is quite people doing a podcast for fucking ten years together, because I'm like, that's where I was going, bro. Because Mike, these right, ra- I'm looking at these lightweight rankings. Right, number fifteen is Demir Ismagulov. I'm telling you right now, he's not beating him. All right, he's he's got a, he's on a twenty fight win streak. Jalen Turner. Is as tall as if I sat on your shoulders. That's how tall that motherfucker is. Like, Jesus. we got Dan Hooker, Connor. He's not fighting those dudes. Armin Sarikian's number ten. Gamrat's number nine. He's not beating any of these people anytime soon, right? Like, let's be honest. No, we got to really slow roll this thing. <laughs> that's
0: right. All right, you, uh, you give him. God damn it! What's the, what's the dude with the uh, stupid hair? Um, I'm uh, blanking on his name.
1: O'Malley?
0: Uh, O'Malley, there you go. We give him the O'Malley treatment. All okay.
1: right?
0: I'm not saying we give him tomato cans because, because the guy he beat on, on Saturday definitely wasn't a tomato can. He It was a, it was a game yeah. opponent. Um, But we give him dudes that are of his level, not any brand names yet. All right, The boy ain't ready for it yet. This is the first fight that he basically came out with out really getting rocked and not encountering any trouble. All right, there's a lot of hype with him. He's very popular. That was a very cool scene that they brought down the lights, and you just saw all of the cell phones on it. It had very Conor McGregorish feels. It had a bigger. It was a bigger entrance than the main event. With all that said, the boy ain't ready yet. Mm-hmm. All right, that that boy needs some milk. Okay.
1: Um, I really enjoyed his post-fight speech, you know, where he talked about his friend that he lost to suicide and it was a real point, you know, and how like men need to be more comfortable sharing their feelings and really a poignant moment from a man who previously about 45 seconds earlier was shaking his ass and trying to teabag. Another mm. gentleman. Really nicely well done there. Dance?
2: Dance is an expression of your feelings?
1: Yeah. Um, I mean, teabag and squatting is really an
2: expression of feelings. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, an expression
0: uh, of dominance. The, the feeling you're expressing is, I dominated you. What did he say? He said, uh, <laughs> he said
1: a really nice line where he said, I'd much rather talk to my friends about their... talk. I'm not gonna do his, his accent, but like he'd rather talk to his mates about uh, their feelings than have to go to the funeral or something like that. You know yeah. That type of thing. And look, we're not. I mean, a bunch of people were just like, "Well, Patty said this about." Uh, Patty said some stuff like years ago. I wish, how old is Patty, by the way?
0: He's Got to be in his mid twenties. He can't be that young. I, I think mean, he was
1: that like twenty
2: seven or something. Yeah, because someone said out, this. I think found this, these guys were twenty
1: seven. Well, because like yeah, twenty. Someone quote from twenty eighteen when he fought when he was he, he was talking to um, what's his name who won on this card, Muhammad Mukayev, where he told Muhammad Makayev he shouldn't. Uh, He, because Mikhail Mikhail is not born in this, in England, but he's, you know, he fled there and, you know, that's where he lived his last, since age 12, saying that he shouldn't carry the flag and represent the country because he wasn't born there or something. And people brought that up and I'm like, that's cool. He shouldn't have said that. But that message he said about not killing yourself was still, you know, people are complicated, man. That's all I'm saying. Everything's not one brush, you know, we'll work on that issue later with him. I can um,
0: understand why Mohammed uh didn't have very nice things to say <laughs> yeah. about him. Hey this. man, I get it, it. Makes sense.
1: All right. Um, was it Mohammed Makhayev? I think so. I <laughs> Mohammed definitely said some stuff. It was Mohammed Makhayev. It was Mohammed Makhayev. I'm almost paused. I thought he was in the same weight class, but he's not. Nikita Krylov, Alex Gustafson, Mike. I told you, when I was trying to. I was going to make a bet that morning that I, was, I made a bet on Nikita Krylov in the under. Right. And I remember telling you that Nikita Krylov was going to take off Gustafson's gloves for him. And I remember thinking that was a little bit mean thing to say. But then afterwards, I'm just like, well, he, maybe Nikita should ask him. Because <laughs> he needs help with his gloves. Because chin's gone, man. The chin's gone. The will is gone. He's not Alex Gustafson anymore. This is not. If he needs the money and you can get paid, bro, cool. Get paid. Maybe not at this level, but. We're done here, right? Mike.
0: Pretty much, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex, thank you for the memories. Go be a coach.
1: Yeah, Marcus, I mean, man gave us two of the greatest light of heavyweight fights ever between his fight with Jones and his fight with DC. Man who got so close. Twice, but... It's not there anymore, man. I don't know. If he needs the money, that's it. I don't know what other reason we'd be, we, why he should do this stuff. Yeah,
2: he doesn't, I mean, in, in a weight class that still isn't super, you know, talent rich, he definitely just, he's just a step behind yeah. by far. Um, and I, I I mentioned to you, you know, in joking, but honestly, I mean, like, I, I, this card was not good for my predictions and I have a, three levels of like getting an answer wrong. There's like the Tom Aspinall is just like, shit's crazy. Like, you don't know what's going to happen in MMA. Yeah. We're going to get to the Paul Craig pipe Fight, which was just like okay probably not a smart choice and this was just a bad pick overall yeah and i definitely knew it in the warm-up where uh kryloff was i keep forgetting this dude shedded a bunch of weight he looks great yeah. like he like yeah he, he lost that neck fat which is tough oh, to yeah. lose <laughs> but like he looks shredded he's sweating He he's he's raring to go and then i look at alex in the back he's t- he's kicking the tie pads and the coach after a couple of left kicks he asked for a right kick and Alex just kind of walks away. He's like, "I'm done." <laughs> and he goes, like, All right, "We're good. We're good." And it's like you can't even do the Crylov
1: work. Krylov looks right, like he it? just came out of a fucking marathon. He's sweating balls. I'm like, is he okay? Like, yeah, what he are we doing here? Too
2: ready for this, and, and I mean, it just showed in the fight. You know, Alex is—he was so much slower. You know, he didn't have the speed. So I was like, maybe timing, and he just didn't have that. And he Look, got yeah. And there's three levels ready, as you described crack- it.
1: The first one is just, hey man, things you don't know. You said it. The Krylov one we'll get to in a second. I mean, Craig one mm mm-hmm. We're betting on a specific thing might, that might happen is isn't hundred percent likely. This one? Woo!
2: Rough. Yeah, that was that was a bad pick. But um, you know, Krylov has been looking great and yeah, I, I was kind of surprised Alex didn't didn't put the, put the gloves. But the performance like that, it's kinda like, yeah, dude, you're you're not of this caliber anymore. It's time to look for greener pastures.
1: But you know Meatball Molly, Hannah Goldie. I don't remember what happened until the spinning back elbow and I don't know, man. It was cool. I don't got anything. I mean, do we really need to get into it, Mike? That was just cool. It was fun. <laughs> uh, I think
0: she's the first UFC fighter to hit two spinning back elbows for, uh, for
1: a win. No, someone else oh, has done it. T- no, she's the second one, but I think she's the first oh. one to do it back-to-back. I don't think anybody else done it back-to-back before.
2: It, to be fair, it was. You know, the last time, it, that was the finishing blow. Yeah. She landed it and it was done. And this one, she heard her and she's like... Well, they, they gave her the credit like when they wrote TKO it was like, spinning it. Was like, time to style on you and it's like you could do whatever you wanted at that point uh you know to uh goldie's credit like if anyone should be called meatball like i think maybe she should she is short stocky but jacked as all hell like she's been putting some some time in the weight room um and, and it wasn't like you know physically an easy fight for molly but she landed a big overhand right had her hurt and, and you know, like a good professional fighter, when she had her when she had her hurt, she know she knew how to close the show, right? And she did use the spinning elbow. I'm discrediting it a little bit because she probably could have thrown any strike she wanted at that point. She was she was that hurt, but she landed it, and that was definitely part of the ending sequence. The punches that followed. The spinning elbow really sealed, uh, you know, sealed the the fight for her. But again, another fantastic.
1: Fight. I like I like Molly becoming a finisher here, bro. You know, I mean, I'm sure it's the yeah. matchmaking some of it, but like a lot of decisions before that in the UFC, I didn't consider her a terribly exciting fighter. Um, and afterwards she said she would like to fight, um, Antonina Shevchenko. She said it would right. be an honor mm-hmm. to share the octagon with you, and I think that'd be a good fight. I think that is the right fight, quite frankly. Um, and uh. Yeah, uh, Barstool guy was there, and uh, she was part. She was one part of Drake's two million dollar parlay with Patty, which um, there was all. It was I sent it to you guys. I sent it to you, Mike, right? Where it was the gif of Kevin Spacey from *Our* usual suspects, and it said it was the greatest trick the UFC ever pulled was to convince Barstool Sports and Drake to pay their fighters for them. And I was like, "Yep." Well done. Also, <laughs> oh, that's a that's a pretty weak parlay there, Drake. You're
0: gonna bet two heavy favorites and uh, you know what the thing is, Mike. I was,
1: I was I was gonna make that parlay, and then I was like, nah, let me add Mark Didia Casey and Tom Aspinall. Let me gussy it up a little bit. Should have done it. Should have been happy with that right there. Um Vulcan Ozemir Paul Craig. Marcus, the analysis Luke Thomas had, I think you and I would 100% aggrieved with even going into this, which was if Paul Craig, if Vulcan Ozdemir fights smart, there's no reason for him to lose this fight. You and I both were banking on him not fighting smart because quite frankly, he didn't fight far for the first minute, it looked like he still, he went down to the ground with Paul Craig. People end up on the ground with Paul Craig for some stupid reason or not, but Vulcan, you know, handled it appropriately going forward took care of business. What'd you think? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, he did. I mean, obviously
2: it would be unwise to engage on the ground, even on in top control. And Ozdemir knew that. And in the first round, Craig was a bit more crafty, right? He was getting in clinch positions and trying to pull guard where he actually had, you know, some control of his body. Um, and then, you know, when Ozdemir would try to pull out, he would try to trip up the legs, do something, you know, and it, it wasn't working, you know. The second round, I think he had even more success where he was basically doing the same thing, but um, when Ozdemir would walk away, he would get up and engage him while he was walking away and caught him off guard a couple of times. And and sometimes when Paul Craig in the standup would would get a little busy and let his hands go, he had some success there. But Ozdemir was the better striker when he landed his big shots. They did a lot more damage and he didn't engage in the ground at all. You know, he basically stood up anytime I probably i would have been an interesting statistic just to see how much time we spent watching paul craig get up off the ground because it seemed like it, it, and this is one of those things that makes it also tough to, to judge the fight is there's a couple times in the first round where ozdemir would, would maybe land a seemingly decent shot a grazing shot and paul craig would kind of go into the butt scoop position you know he didn't really get dropped but it's like does the judge know that does yeah. the judge know he's trying to bait him into into falling to the ground or does he think like this dude's kind of mopping the floor with him. He hit him three times and knocked him down four. Um, and then ultimately, yeah, you know, going into the to the final round, it's like, well, he's definitely not getting on the judge's uh, decision. And Ozdemir at this point is clearly smart enough just to not engage at all and just, you know, pick him apart, get the few strikes here and there to get the decision. So, yeah, I mean, honestly, and and we kind of talked about last week. Like, I picked Paul Craig because I just – I like this dude's style. I like anyone that's just willing to – go to the ground and go into guard just to play that game and he's he's fun to watch grappling but when the other guys just like I'm not going to engage you there we're just going to stand up and Paul Craig just doesn't have the skills there to get it done it kind of neutralizes a lot of his abilities so it was it was unfortunate for Paul Craig but he needs to find other ways to utilize his skills and they kind of called it in the booth like he shot on Ozdemir a couple times and would get deep doubles like he shot and got in deep but he's like I'm a pull guard and he was like you're in deep. If you could finish this double and get on top, even if you don't want to fucking stay on top, you can start setting up a submission. Mm-hmm. Give the guy the angles he needs to reverse you, and then try to get a triangle that way. Try to mix it up some way. But he really wasn't. He just wanted to work strictly off his back. So he needs to kind of figure that stuff out. But yeah, it was a good. It was a good fight for Ozdemir, and it, it's a much needed win for him too. So,
1: um, yeah, Vulcan, man, I continually I'm dismissive of. But Mike no. picked up – Mike, by the way, did we just say it now, Mike? You, you're you in second place now, right? Am I not mistaken, or yeah. are you in third place? Is Chalk in second place, or are you in second place? Chalk doesn't count. Chalk. Chalk's for fun.
0: Oh, oh, now Chalk doesn't count. Now that you're bringing up the caboose, huh?
2: Well, okay, okay. Let's He's the caboose that, either way. Is, uh, yeah, I would be last. But, le- okay, let's say Chalk wins the championship. We're just going to give it to Chalk. He's I think that's the end of the belt.
1: prediction system. <laughs> we just tell people belt. to pick.
0: That's, that's when that happens.
1: Interim Bell uh, make a title. We uh I don't know. we we put it in a park somewhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um some of the prelims. Mason Jones owes me three thousand dollars. How are you gonna be a minus four hundred favorite and lose every round, Mike? Well, How's that even happen? He got dominated. Uh Mark Dia Casey's like, I'm English and I only know how to wrestle. I should I should just do that. Uh that's pretty much the summary of that fight, Mark. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean, he, he he found an avenue that the other guy was extremely weak in in the wrestling and, and bottom control, and he just completely dominated the fight. It wasn't exciting, but he got the
1: W. I dug the Nathaniel Wood-Charles Rosa fight. Um, I appreciated Charles Rosa's attempt to convince Nathaniel, Dathel, uh, Nathaniel Wood to end up in a wild brawl with him, and Wood wouldn't comply, but fun matchup. Rosa's tough. Uh, Makhmeen Amir Khani has this problem where it's clear that his coaches are telling him these fights are only five minutes long. Because once it gets out of the first round, he is exhausted. So we should let this man know it's a three-round fight, so he can train accordingly. Um, yeah, looked ugly that one. Uh, Muhammad Makhachev wore Charles Johnson around the uh, around the octagon like a hat. Jay Herbert, Kyle Nelson, don't remember much besides it being close. Mike, remember that one at all? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, doesn't really bring too many bells. First two fights, I was uh, talking to you. Do you remember anything about either of those fights? Dolby Silva, and Leonardo or Leonardo versus Bohm? Uh Yeah, I do remember that with the first fight, uh,
0: it looked very scary for about a round and a half. I thought that our parlay was going to go kaput uh. Uh, very quickly. Uh, but then it held on for seven fights until you opened your mouth
1: Oh yeah, that's my fault. That fucking Mason Jones can't fight when he's a 400 favorite. My 400 favorite. By the way, the It's an Amazing Parlay hasn't happened in like a month. We should consider that. Um, fight of the night, no fight of the night. Performance bonuses: Nikita Krylov, Patty Pimblet, Meatball Molly, Jonathan Pierce. So, yeah, basically the four people who got finishes, not counting Curtis Blades, of course. Uh, UFC is back next week in American Airlines Center in Dallas, Texas for UFC 277. Uh, We'll talk about that in a second here after we get some news. And quite frankly, guys, I think the only news we really should focus on this week is this fucking bonkers card the UFC has booked for UFC two, uh, 280 in uh in Abu Dhabi.
0: Mm.
1: Um, over at uh, Etihad Stadium, as they say. I'm um, trying to pull it up right now. Okay, main event: Charles Oliveira, Islam Makachev for the lightweight championship, which technically does not have a champion right now. But don't worry, Charles Olive is Charlesy Charles Oliveira still getting pay per view points. Um, we also got Aljamain Sterling defending that bantamweight championship against a man who technically never lost it. Um. T.J. Dillashaw. Didn't lose it in the octagon, at least. Lost it through a needle. Mm -hmm. Um, T.J. Dillashaw, Aljo Sterling. Hell of a fight. We got, and this was a weird one, folks, Peter Yan. The (sighs) second best Bantamweight in the world? I mean, the best Bantamweight, the one Bantamweight who can't, the the best Bantamweight, the only person who can beat him is Aljermaine Sterling, apparently. Fighting fucking Sean O'Malley. Um... We also got um, B- Bilal Muhammad versus Sean Brady, which is a fucking miserable fight if you're Bilal Muhammad, I think. Like, to take that fight, that's that's rough. Um, Marina Rodriguez, Amanda Lemos, on there also. And oh, and then Benil Dariush versus Mateus Gamrot. That's another mm-hmm. rough one right there.
2: This, every. Of these fights are a couple insurance fights, right? What do you mean? The lightweight and the other. Oh yeah, um,
1: those are right, like just in, in case, case one of the
2: champions bows out. You got Jan in the wings, or you got Darush. Oh no, you uh, mean we got Prince Sean O'Malley in the, in the wings? I mean Sean. O, I mean I. You can't get a third a shot weird... in a row.
1: Like you can't have a third fight between the two guys back to back to back, right? It would well, be Sean. Jan? I'm saying if I, you're I saying if TJ gets hurt, if TJ if TJ gets hurt, who gets? And it's like shot? we need
2: to have Alex fight somebody, and it's Jan or. Uh, Sean O'Malley. I would be kind of shocked if they went Sean O'Malley. And I, I legitimately think it would have to be Sean O'Malley because Jan just lost to Aljo twice. Yeah, but the first time was weird. I mean, I, I'd be it would be interesting,
1: but I mean that's no. usually what they. Yeah, do. no, the first but time it was weird cards, because uh, he disqualified himself. It still lost.
2: Yeah, <laughs> it is. But like he was, it was kind of like winning that fight. So I think people could you could sell yourself as as a look at uh, as a, as a close fight, a loss. What I mean, whatever. I mean, it, look if if they if. T.J. gets hurt and they do Sean O'Malley instead, I would be pretty,
1: you know. Yeah, I if think I'm Aljamain Sterling barely... and they try to give me Peter Yawn again on short notice, I'd be like, no, I'll be home. Thank you. That's what I would do. Yeah.
2: But it', it, it compelling- They can, they no, can make-
1: think... P, If that happens, they Aljo can be like, you can make Peter Yawn versus Sean O'Malley in interim title fight. I'm going home. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> um, probably what he would do. Yeah. Gamrot and Dariush. Gamrot's a tough goddamn... Darius thought he was going to get Michael Chandler or Dustin Poirier. You
2: yeah, know, a big... That's name, a way more... Teacher. It's
1: just a, a difficult fight for, uh, that nobody knows the guy. Sean Brady, Bilal Muhammad, I do not like that uh, Sean Brady is common man. Sean Brady's one of those dudes at welterweight. You know, he, I mean, I think it's weird he's not Dagestani, so it doesn't get as much attention. But he's 15 and fucking 0. All right? <laughs> and like... You just beat Michael Chiesa. He's a really good fighter, Mike. This card. Sabadell card is in October, right? October twenty second. Oof, man, that is that is so far away. Yeah, a lot of time for something to go wrong here. Um, pretty great though, man. This is if you're gonna watch me, ask me to pay for fights at you know 10 a.m. Might as well make them good. Um, see, yeah. if they weren't gonna sandbag UFC 279, they could have sent half these fights over there. At least give us Dustin Poirier yeah. versus Michael Chandler on that Nate Diaz card, right? No one's getting pay-per-view points. Like, it's a good fight. Do we
0: know what's on tap so far for the Nate Diaz card? right, uh, let's see if there's anything else. Because any we, we, you basically laid out a fair amount of, uh, of a card mm-hmm. for a card that's on October 22nd. And Nate Diaz's card is in like a month and a half.
1: Uh middleweight bout between Jamie Pickett and Dennis Tilly. Some guy you don't know. Mm. That's it. Is that is that it? <laughs> no, there's other ones. Johnny Walker, Ian Laba Two Fighters You Don't Know, Two Fighters We Don't Know. Norma Dumont versus Danielle Wolf. Don't know those people. Oh, Trevin Giles, I know him. Don't know those I person. To, Irene Aldon. Have- this is it, this is garbage. Look at Wikipedia. This is garbage. I, I, I have
0: to imagine that fighters would want to fight on that card because look, all of the all the stuff you just said right there sounds like trash. Guess what? I'm still buying that pay-per-view.
1: Yeah, you're definitely you're paying money for this pay-per-view. I, I, um, look, I am.
0: What are you talking about?
1: Ab- absolutely. Um, yeah, this is really bad. Like, Is, is Johnny Walker versus Ian Laba supposed to be the co-main event, Mark? Because that's Woo! Main card at the very least. If
2: co-main, co- that's pretty rough. But I mean, when you're talking about like Macy Barber, who again, like, not hating on her, um, yeah. If the Kona, if the if if the whole main card doesn't have any title fights on it, it's a little. We've seen those cards. They really have to be filled with name guys mm-hmm. to make them, you know, name athletes to really make them compelling. Um, and, it, and it seems like that's maybe not going to be the case. And, and uh, that Johnny Walker fight, maybe kind of the level of interest and skill and caliber that we might expect of the main card which i mean that fight's not bad i kind of think that fight's interesting but for a big you know pay-per-view main event i kind of want a little bit more but we'll see how it comes out but yeah i want to get your hopes up this is probably gonna be one of the weaker cards of the year for sure
1: yep um other news we got real quickly uh misha tate says she's not retiring she plans to see a sports psychologist where hopefully the sports psychologist will explain to her why she has not chosen retirement when that should be the best choice, quite frankly. A little harsh, actually. She's lost to a top five fighter. But she can be a not top 10 fighter. She's welcome to stick around for that. Um, All right, UFC 277. We're going to make some picks, folks. Mike, why don't you give us the updated standings before we do that? I can do that.
0: Uh, You are still in the lead at 42 and 18. My... After my very strong 5-0 and o showing, I am now tied for second at 39-21. and Chalk is also at 39-21 and 21 at second place. And uh, Mark is the new tenant of the basement at 38-22. and 22. Still very close. I could be in last place after this weekend again. Do you hey, guys remember? Like on the two, west-
1: was it like two weeks ago where Mike was just going to give up and just ruin all our fun? Like there's no point. None of us. It's not fun if we can't do, you know, you know, poke fun at each other with this thing. And Mike was giving up in July. Um, all right, rematch. Juliana Pena, Amanda Nunes for the bantamweight championship of the world. I was legitimately confused why Amanda Nunes was wearing a title, a title belt in the poster mark. She stole that one. <laughs> I forgot about that entirely. I'm like, oh yeah, she's that champion too. Juliana Pena won that first fight by knockout or submission or. Amanda breaking. Was it a submission? Ultimately? I thought
2: yeah. it might have been a Submission. She was done. Oh, she geez. was done.
1: Three minutes into the second round, uh, back in December, they coached tough. None of us watched it. Betting odds for this one, according to FanDuel, minus 310 to plus 230 for Amanda for Juliana for Amanda. Minus 310 Nunez 230 Pena. And if you're really going to bet on Nunez, you shouldn't do it at FanDuel. You do it at DraftKings, where she's only minus 275. Still plus two thirty for Juliana Pena. Does FanDuel just have shitty lines for fights? What are we doing, Mike?
0: Huh? We are a FanDuel podcast. All right. <laughs> we are loyal. All right. Stop um just merchant the good name of FanDuel.
1: I got Amanda Nunes. I'm not we're I'm not gonna it's fifty minutes into the podcast. You guys know why I have Amanda Nunes. Mark, who do you got?
2: Yeah, you know, here at the bottom, just like Mike was, you 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 want to you want to pick some different fights and try to make some ground. And you and are Penny one won that fight. wait,
1: you are one game back of being second again. That's all that's changed. It ain't about being second,
0: Bobby. I've been second like three times at the end of these standings. Trust me, that shit ain't fun. Okay.
2: But I mean, I I think you know, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that Pena pulls this off. Oh, I, course I, not. I do think it's 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 tough to even though she won that fight to think. Nunez isn't going to make those adjustments she needs. But at the end of the day, Pena's just a tough customer. You know, she's yep. going to be tough. She's not going to go away. It's not that Nunez wasn't doing well in that fight herself. She was landing too. She just got in a firefight that she lost to. Um, I'm going to go with Nunez. Um, but again, like, Pena's tempting. Uh, here at the bottom, in the basement, like I going to I was mean, she say- fucking beat her. <laughs> uh, on I mean, the West Coast, find- Mike, we don't have a basement, so being in the basement seems kind of nice, man. It's an like extra room. I mean, yeah. it's a little drafty and unfinished down here, but there's a lot of things you can do in a basement. And we sometimes you start getting crazy thoughts in your head, like, could Pena do it again? I don't know. Um, I'm going to go with Nunez, but um, Pena's tempting, to be honest. Yep. Mike, who do you got? My
0: man, your boy's trying to make moves. And in this fight, I'm picking Pena, even though... I think Ooh. she's not very
1: nice as a person. Now, Mike, do you think it's gonna be another freak injury? <laughs> That's what I'm. If I'm Amanda Nunez, I get fucking. I I get everything checked right now because Mike's, my Mike, my Mike's coming for you is what it sounds like. All right, <laughs> like three weeks in a row. <laughs> no, but um,
0: I, I I think the line is a bit too skewed because I don't know. Juliana has always been a very good fighter. Um, She had always been making leaps and bounds before that injury and then the pregnancy that derailed her for about two years. Um, So I don't think it's now. I actually saw the fight again, and it really was a firefight, but I think that Pena is just going to be better uh, as a result of that. She's, well, why are you looking at me like that?
1: I'm oh, sorry. And I was like I have no poker face with that with that comment. Go ahead. Uh, hey man, look. I don't mm-hmm. like Peña as much as you guys do. You said better. What what are she going to be better than at her? No, 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 no. Not
0: better, <laughs> not better than Nunez. Tougher, better as a fighter. Not built, not wilting, maybe. <laughs> she's going to be better as a fighter as she was, you know, than she was in the last fight. So
1: Yeah, you might be right.
2: And, I think and she is better she's right She's going to be confident as all hell because she was confident going in the first time. Now she beat her, choked her out. It would have been, you know, you couldn't pay me to watch that season, but it would be interesting to see their reactions because Pena kind of has a big, you know, like she has a huge ego. And now that she beat her and, and is carrying that belt around, I have to imagine the confidence is high, you know. It, How it, much money would they have to pay win. to
1: watch the season?
2: Mm, I don't know. The whole thing? Or are you going to me? The whole show. thing. Like like every per, minute.
1: How much money? How much they got to pay you? You got to watch. So we gotta not How that much, m- honestly. Twenty bucks. I'll pay you twenty bucks to watch the entire season.
2: Um, yeah, twenty bucks might not be a <laughs> point. You're,
0: Maybe, you're at least maybe me twenty bucks.
1: Digits. Maybe twenty bucks an episode. That's a lot to start there, buddy. Um, no, twenty bucks an episode. But you got to finish, so you get nothing unless you finish the whole thing. Mm, that's good. How do I prove I really that I've watched every episode? Oh, I want notes. <laughs> book report I want timestamps too you're not going to read some tough fucking recap either on MMA Junkie no second um, screen it's you
2: in a room and that's
1: it yeah okay but I, can't, uh, I can't be playing Civilization on another nah, screen nah, nah. Nah. you can't do you can't treat it the way you treat this podcast um, hey <laughs> Brandon Moreno so Mike you're too going to stick with Pena honestly yeah okay uh, Brandon Moreno Kai Kara France uh, this is for the Interim Flyweight Championship a rematch that happened in uh, 2019... that fight that happened at the end of 2019. Which Moreno won by decision. 2-1 to on the scorecards, I believe. Um, 2-1 to on two judges' scorecards. 3-0 on the third judges' scorecard. Um, this is an interim title fight because Davis and Figueroa is hurt and or in a pissing match with the UFC. In which he has zero leverage. In, and I'm somewhat certain the winner of this fight is just going to be named the actual champion. If, if if Figueroa doesn't fucking smarten up soon. Um... I'm not here to tell people to just bend to the UFC. I, I just be the person you can afford to be. And Figueroa has no leverage. Um, I really like Kaikara France. He's on fire. He's looking great. I always talk about how that team is awesome. That being said, I love me some Brandon Moreno. And if I'm watching this it's my girlfriend, she's going to be rooting for Brandon Moreno anyway. She's a big Brandon Moreno fan. <laughs> it's very – it's, I think it was easy to sell me to sell him to her. This exciting Mexican fighter seems like a good person too. <laughs> um, I got I got Moreno man, who's coming in as a minus two oh five favorite on DraftKings to Francis plus one seventy five, minus two twenty plus one sixty eight over at FanDuel. Mike, who do you got? Break out the Legos, give me Moreno. Marcus, who do you got, buddy? Yep, I have Moreno too. I thought that first fight was longer ago to be honest. Um, pretty recent. Derek Lewis, Sergei Pavlovich, uh, Black Beast uh, in this hoe, uh, fighting in Texas. Um, last time he fought in uh, in Texas, it did not go well. Got knocked out by Taito ivasa The time before that, he fought in Texas. Got knocked out by Cyril Gan. Uh Both of those were in Houston. This one's in Dallas. Um, Sergey uh, Pavlovich, Three straight wins. Um, three and one in the UFC. His only loss being his debut fight to Alistair Overeem. All three of those wins by knockout. Um, let me have the honor of not going first on this one. Mike, who do you got? Uh, I don't know. Mark, what do you think about that? <laughs> you're se- uh, Mike, you're second. No, Mike, you're second. Who do you got?
2: Yeah, you first. <laughs> yeah, you, 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 you could pass the
1: buck on this. Oh, one. you, do you son one. of a bitch. <laughs> Do
2: not go first.
1: I know who I want. I know who I want to actually I'll just I mean, I didn't want to get my reasoning away. No, I got you. I got you.
0: Um, I'm gonna go Pavlovich.
1: That's
0: um, oh, well, oh, shit. Mainly because I think that Derek Lewis's time in the sun as a top contender has now set. Um, whereas his first two losses in his home state of Texas, I think were more a factor of just the level of competition he was fighting. Um, I, I I think that's it for him, and I think this guy's on the come up.
1: I got Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis has never lost to anybody from Europe or Asia. Derek Lewis is specifically four and against all Russian fighters. Uh or no, sorry, 4-0 against any fighter coming from the former Soviet Union. Don't want to be specific necessarily. Derek Lewis said that Donald Trump told him to knock this Russian motherfucker out. And Derek Lewis lives by that statement. Um oh, look, I'm worried about his back. This is a pick'em fight. Minus 110s on uh DraftKings FanDuel, minus 111 for Lewis to minus 115 for Pavlovich, which I guess we gotta say Pavlovich is the favorite, then Mike. Um just based on that. The it's on favorite on draft on FanDuel. I, 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 I'm going Derek Lewis, man. I, I mean, everything, I mean, I, he, it might go bad. His back might be bad and shit. I don't think he's, I think he's got this. This other guy's a striker too. and banging. I got Derek Lewis. Mark, who do you got?
2: Yeah, I have Sorgi, and it, and it is kind of for the same reasons, Mike, which aren't great reasons. Um, mostly just that, you Derek has always been a guy that I've always been kind of suspect with. That like his, his skill, although like I also often say, you know, off his back, the dude knows his fundamentals and can explode and has that willpower to really push through when he needs to. Um, he doesn't uh, relent, um, but at some point, like the wheels going to kind of have to fall off. And um, you know, I think Ser- uh, Sergi could be potentially a difficult fight. I do think it's a close fight, um, but yeah, I just. It's always been easy for me to pick against Derrick Lewis, and it's definitely bitten me in the ass a couple of times, but here I am doing it again.
1: Um, by the way, uh, Sergey here has got 12 of his 15 wins by knockout. Derrick mm-hmm. Lewis has 21 of his 26 wins by knockout. He has a submission win somehow. He won, he won by armbar. He won oh. by armbar. We got to find the video of Derrick Lewis landing an armbar, by the way. That's what we're doing after this podcast is over. Um... This will be the uh, pick the under and how long this fight's gonna go. Um, this fight's ending my knockout one way or the other. That's another reason I like Derek Lewis, man. He is not like when he gets in these fights with other dudes who just swang like him. I mean, Ty is not, I mean, not the best example because it just happened with Ty Tuivasa, but don't go well for the other guy, man. Does not go well for the other guy a lot of times. Um, all right. Um, next one up is. Alexander Pantoja versus Alex Perez. We would like to refer to this as the number one contenders bout for the interim title, which I still think is going to become the main title unless Davison and Figueroa really figures out what the hell he's doing over there with his plan. Um We got Alex Perez, who is currently ranked number six. We got Pantoja ranked number four. Um, I've been talking about this Pantoja dude for years. He's won his last two, three of four overall. Um... Alex Perez, on the other hand, lost to Figueroa back two, almost two years ago in a flyweight title fight. Um, <clears throat> before that, he'd won three in a row over De La Rosa, Espinosa, and Formiga. Betting odds for this one. We got uh, Perez as a plus 150 to Pantoja's minus 175. Plus 132 and minus 170, respectively, on FanDuel. Um, Marcus... I love me some Pantoja. I mean, Pantoja versus Figueroa's That fight is how I decided I'm on board with both these dudes. Um, I I think it's interesting, the idea of Pantoja getting a title shot. He's got a win over Moreno. He's got that loss against Figueroa. That was a fight of the night. Incredible battle. It's three years ago. I want to see him up there. Um, Not to say he might end up fighting Carcara France, but I got Pantoja in this one. Who do you got?
2: Yeah, I'm going with Pantoja too. I think this is a really close fight, um, and uh, maybe even the line. I because I, I was I was clicked to picking Alex uh, as well, but I am going to go with Pantoja. Um, it's a long layoff has, too. I didn't know he was gone that long. Yeah, that a, but he has really proven himself throughout. You know, a lot of these fights, he's you know had a lot of big wins. Um, so I'm going to go with him. But I think this is going to be a really competitive fight. I think skill wise on this card, outside of the interim belt, probably going to be like the highest skill level.
1: I think the co-main... I mean, the main event's not going to be bad, I don't think, to be honest. No. Um, honestly, all four of these fights sound pretty good. But I think Derek Lewis and uh, Sergey is going to be a violent blitzkrieg. And then this one is just going to be fast and hard-hitting. Mike, who do you got? Sweep it. Sweep it. We got all three for Pantoja. Um, your only move on this one is the co-main event? I uh, no,
0: think we... Uh, we
1: not we the main event, I mean. separate...
0: Uh... We have two separate picks, yeah. Who else you picked? Uh, that one and uh, the Derek Lewis fight.
1: Oh, that's true, okay. You could be in first then, when it's over. Or no, you'd be one down. No, no. Yeah. I would have
0: to go against you with this next fight, which, which I have not doing.
1: Not. Um, Magomed Ankalaev, man. Magomed Ankalaev is mean. I, I'm convinced this is mean person, alright? The things he did, Yon Kutlova, mean, alright? Mean. After that, Nikita Krylov, win. Volkan Ozdemir, win. Tiago Santos, win. This Magomed is coming. All right? And he's coming very soon. Right? Anthony Smith, on the other hand, man, I don't think i picked Anthony Smith to win any fights. Ever. Just ever. Um, since losing to Alexander Rakic, he's won three straight over Devin Clark, Jimmy Crute, Ryan Span. Span. Um, before that, he lost to Rakic. And before that, Glover Teixeira knocked his teeth out of his mouth. Um, betting odds for this one, he's a massive underdog. Plus 380 to minus 475 for Threes plus 360, minus 530 on FanDuel, uh, respectively. Yeah, man. Ma- Ma- Magomed's coming for the title. I mean, he's currently ranked number four. So he's coming for the title. It's, yeah, I got Magomed. Mike, who do you got? Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I have the uh the light heavyweight Dagestani. Um they don't normally come this uh, at this poundage. Uh the people from Dagestan that make it to the UFC. That's uh, true. He's a, he's a massive favorite. He hasn't lost since what? 2018 when he lost to Paul Craig. He's just been on a-
1: <laughs> That's how Mark and I end up betting on Paul Craig. Shit like this, Mike. <laughs> where we're like, "Fuck, he found the way."
0: <laughs> he went showed he was really good. Yeah. Uh, but he—he's been—he's been on an absolute tear. Um, as you mentioned, he's coming, and Anthony Smith. Well, he came.
2: Whoa. Yeah,
1: he might be going. Um, Marcus.
2: Yeah, often forgotten, but you know when you're doing your sweep and you need a dustpan, so I'm bringing the dustpan. You got to sweep up that dust into something. This is a clean sweep.
0: I actually like using a uh, handheld vac.
2: Oh, okay, but with it. my sweep metaphor, I'm yeah, we just, got, the, we just got we just got a
1: vac. dual vac slash, uh, I guess blower duster, yeah, air for PCs kind of thing or something. Yeah, it's a rechargeable, mic.
2: Oh, we
1: we fancy, we so, fancy.
0: so so you don't have to like buy. A, I know we are an audio podcast, but for you two, you don't have to buy like one of these.
1: You mean one of these? Because you know, i Cleaning
2: duster. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, I got one too. The
2: to <laughs> can it. gets nice and cold.
1: But... The can gets cold. That's how you know it's still got stuff in it. Did um... I ever
0: tell you guys about the time that my brother, when I was like 12 years old, pinned me down and just started spraying me in my back with uh, one of those du- uh, cleaning dusters? <laughs> <Okay. No>. And <laughs> he didn't realize that there's this thing called freezer bird. Yeah. And he didn't realize when I started literally screaming in pain and there was just a huge bird on my back for about two months.
1: Which brother is this? Uh, this is Joseph. Oh, the older one. He should have known better. Um, he really should have. <laughs> he should have known better. Um, all right. Uh, anything else on this car catching your guys' eye. Anything at all? Uh, nothing at all, really.
2: Yeah, yeah sadly, not much. <laughs>
1: I like Drakkar close. He's a good fighter, but I feel he's been at this part of the card for a long time. So he's out on the undercard. Um, all right, let's do uh, Stuff We Like. Um, I'm going to talk about Vince McMahon real quickly. This isn't really a Stuff We Like, and this is one of those rare occasions where Mark, who's not watching wrestling and hasn't watched wrestling consistently for about 15 years, can actually chime in on this. So Vince McMahon had to, uh, he had to resign. This isn't, he retired. He's the guy who's, real briefly, Vince McMahon has been the WWE since 1983, probably. I think that's when he took, when he bought the company. Um, He is the reason, he's arguably the greatest promoter, live event promoter in history. It's like him and like Barnum and Bailey, all right? Um, when people say, try to say Dana White is Dana White, Dana White will say as Vince McMahon, um, Vince had to resign for essentially paying off women, not using company funds necessarily, but kind of whatever the details of why he resigned, man, was this some scumbag moves, right? And Marcus, I always kind of assumed that Vince is going to die in the chair. I think a lot of us did. Like he did not seem like he did. was going to give this up, right? Like this is what he does. He is that company still. He still works twenty hours a day there somehow. Um, and I do remember thinking like the way I thought about Vince leaving was I was thinking about him dying is what I used to think. I'm like I would I kind of like for a complicated person, the impact he had on on our lives more so mine because I'm still a fan on some level here. That um, but the the impact he had on our lives and the impact he had on American society and. The professional wrestling business specifically and live event promotion and really a lot of different than pay-per-view and streaming services like man had a large impact on American life and me specifically and you reconcile that with some of the stuff he's done he's done which I'm not just talking about this incident we're talking about the steroid stuff um, the accusations of sexual impropriety in the 90s um, paying off or like getting Jimmy Snuka out of jail, uh, when Jimmy Snuka killed somebody, the Owen Hart situation, looking away from a lot of horrible things in the wrestling industry. It's a complicated person. So, I don't know. It's kind of interesting right now how I'm feeling. I mean, I'm happy he's gone. He needed to leave. You don't get to do those things, right? But, very interesting. He's a real pillar of... American culture, I think, would be a good description, I think. And, uh, yeah, it's just an interesting, interesting time. It was kind of surreal to read for me, Mark. I don't know. When I told you, did you think it was, like, surprising, given when it was coming out? Or, like, I I was legitimately, even when I thought he's got to go, him actually leaving. I was like, wow. Didn't see them actually doing it. What did you think?
2: What was your reaction? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I— like, I, I liked wrestling, but for me, that was a s- stopgap for MMA, right? Like, mm-hmm. I like combat sports, and there wa- wasn't really, outside of boxing, there wa- wasn't combat sports weren't really available. So, it, WWE and, you know, pro wrestling kind of filled that void, and it was fun, and I enjoyed it, but, like, it didn't have that c- type of impact on me where I I've really ever cared about Vince McMahon that much. And I I think some of the things you, you're you, – you're saying are absolutely true. Like he did pioneer a lot of things. Um, But like sometimes for me, the bad outweighs the good. And when I think Mm -hmm. about like his cultural like impact, I don't think necessarily about what he contributed, but more like the talent that he bred, like Steve Austin and the rock mean a lot more to me. And I think are more influential and like, did he give them a microphone? Absolutely. Did he help cultivate their like personality? Sure. But at the end of the day, it was like, and, and we're almost talking like he's dead or something. He, he, in, in a way, like, he kind of will be to a lot of people. Once you retire, he's out of the limelight. We won't really hear about him as much. But, like, I don't know. When, when I heard this, it, was, it wasn't it was too surprising for me. Um, one, and, and, again, like, I don't want to disparage because I know this, like, this hit you and a lot of other people really, you know, hard because it was shocking and surprising even given the allegations. But for me, it was like, okay, this seems like it was a long time coming. It seems like this scandal – Would be a great reason why to retire and not be on television anymore after you've done some of these horrible things and you're being investigated. Maybe take yourself out of the limelight for a second, but at the same time, also not surprising in the least bit. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in the stuff I like, but I recently just watched a game show that was talking about wrestling. And one of the questions was about the McMahons, him and his son wrestling Shawn Michaels and God. Yeah. And guess who won that fight? Vince did. Vince won that fight. Yeah. He beat God. Yeah. You think this fucker's <laughs> gonna have a match where he does he loses to God? Of course not. His ego's huge. So like I mean Yeah, I mean there's the good and the bad. And I think you're you're right to say like he's a complicated person and he did contribute a lot. But for like me personally, it didn't really have that impact. And him retiring is not like
1: Yeah, it's you know, not he that I was sad or, or anything. Right. It was more so like I was just like I literally sat there going, Wow. Like, it mm-hmm. actually happened. You know what yeah. I mean, Mike I like Mike, what you, I mean, I was it like I, I mean, you almost knew it was coming, right? But like, or like you thought it might happen, but the fact that it did, it was just like wow, it no, actually I'm, happened. <laughs> I, I'm
0: gonna I'm gonna disagree with you where I didn't think it was gonna happen until I actually saw the news because this stuff had been coming out now like these uh allegations for what maybe about the last month, maybe yeah, give month or so. take, and. I thought for sure, all right, he's gonna step down, and no, he uh, he he put himself in SmackDown like literally the week when the allegations came out. Vince McMahon speaking on SmackDown, basically just giving a big fuck you to everybody. I mean, he
1: literally came backstage and said, "Fuck him, fuck him." Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, he during John Cena's twentieth uh, uh, twenty years in the business, he made it a point to introduce John Cena. I. I thought he was going to be able to weather whatever this storm is, but it seems that there's more that's going to be coming out because there's no way that as you put it, you've put it Bobby. The this group of this carney family. There's no way that this carney family is going to allow this to happen or Vince is going to allow this to happen unless just some truly egregious shit is going to be coming out in the near future. Yeah. Um, I don't think we've heard the end of this. So, and 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 as you mentioned earlier, Bobby, I mean, a lot of the shit that Vince was involved in back in the late 80s, early 90s, late, late 90s when it came with Owen Hart, um, if any of that had happened in today's day and age... Uh, We would have had probably about three or four different heads of the WWE by this point because Vince McMahon would have been out a long time ago
1: Yeah, and I'll just leave with this a couple quick hits the the WWE's new co-CEOs Nick Khan and Stephanie McMahon first off shout out to my Iranian brother Nick Khan First one of us married Britney Spears next one of us married John Cena now one of us half runs WWE. Is, taking is, over. Is Huma Abedin uh Iranian? No, no we would have claimed that shit a long time ago. Uh, no, we would have we we taken that one immediately. Um and uh but sh- Stephanie McMahon, I do remember a lot of us th- a lot of people saying it was gonna be Stephanie's one day. I'm not sure this is how we anticipated it happening, but she's the chairwoman, she's the co CEO, and um Triple H is back, running creative and talent relations. The man got a fucking pacemaker put into his chest a couple months ago, so you know I don't know. Let's get him a good assistant, you know. Let's you know. None of us want anything bad to happen to the good old Triple H. And uh, hell, if we want to turn Monday Night Raw and SmackDown back into what NXT used to be, I'm I'm, I'm I'll watch. I'm happy to watch. <laughs> um, interesting times. Um, yeah. And since I'm talking about wrestling, go ahead, Mike. It's actually. Uh, well, no,
0: nothing on uh, wrestling. Just uh, I've got uh, just uh, one stuff I like. Oh, I'm I know going we, to you I, next. I know we went long on uh, wrestling, but... Uh, no, I, I'm I read I'm going something right funnier earlier, earlier today. Um, well, go ahead. And the thing I like from... Well, two things I like from this week. Uh, one of them, funny enough, is the NYPD. And that one is because as I was... Riding back home yesterday from from my parents, I saw a lovely sight. And this is one of the rare times when I see brown people like me stop by the police. I was so goddamn happy and giddy. Why was I happy and giddy, you guys ask? I would love to tell you. Because if there's one thing I hate as someone who rides a scooter and a, a bicycle now through the bike lanes in New York City... It's the motherfuckers who ride on scooters and motorcycles that zip by at like 40, 45 miles per hour. And well, hopefully this is the first of just a crackdown on these motherfuckers that do this. But I saw two people just stop getting tickets because they were in motorcycles in, uh, in the bike lane. So bravo to the boys in blue. I probably won't be saying this the, the next time I get stopped uh, for some bullshit. Anyway, the next thing is uh, flashy swindler priests, um, and particularly when they get robbed for their shit. So a story came out in, uh, here in New York that one of those uh, you know big-time, just super-rich preachers, um, he got robbed – for more than a million dollars in jewelry, when not when he was robbed at his home, when he was robbed at his Brooklyn church service, fellas, ladies, Mark, Bobby, if your priest or pastor or your rabbi or what 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 y'all got, uh, what, what is it? In, what is it in Islam? What, what the fuck is? It? What, what, what 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 do they got?
1: I don't know. Cleric, whatever, maybe what, cleric.
0: <laughs> sure, let's go with a let's go with a cleric. If whoever your spiritual leader is <gasps> has just a million dollars of jewelry just laying around his house of worship, you're getting fucked. So, shout out to those robbers. All right,
1: good for you. You're doing good work. What if people think they're direct depositing that money to God? <laughs> what do you think it's happening? <laughs> a million in jewelry. All right. All right. Uh, Marcus, what do you got, brother?
2: Uh, Yeah, I got a couple of things because we did kind of skip over last week because we were talking about Ms. Marvel, rightfully so. Um, So I'm just only going to talk about a few of them here. Um, Last week, I think it was last Thursday, uh, an indie game came out for PlayStation called Stray. Now, they've showed this game a couple of times. You actually play as a cat in kind of this robot city. Um, visually, it looks really cool, and I haven't had a chance to play a ton of it. I think I put an hour of it um, in on Sunday, and I really like it. I mean, I like games that try to do something a little bit different, and I think one thing this game does really well is the animations on the cat are very realistic and lifelike, and I think they really na- nail that aspect of the game uh, so far. Like the story and narrative haven't really gripped me too much. I-, I thought I'd be a little bit more into it than I have been in the first hour, but. I'm very early on. I'm just basically kind of getting out of the tutorial phase, but like visually it's very interesting and playing as a cat, I think is a very unique concept in and of itself, but like, yeah, I kind of had high expectations and it hasn't really blown me away, but again, I haven't put a ton of time into it. Um, I think next week we'll probably talk more about. Nope. Um, I I think both you guys are planning on seeing it, but haven't seen it yet. Right.
1: Mm -hmm. Ideally. Mike, are you still planning on seeing it
2: or. He's muted, but he's. Oh yeah.
0: I, I plan on seeing it
2: okay um yeah i mean we'll, we'll, we'll get into it next week but just just to say I, I enjoyed it i thought it was really fun i thought it was um, a very interesting movie and i haven't seen all of peel's movies i only saw get out and this i didn't see us um but i really enjoyed it so we'll probably we'll do a whole spoiler thing next week because so i think that's worthy of talking about it's worth discussing um the last thing i wanted to talk about and this is going to be a bit of a road um a couple months ago, uh, Critical Role kind of did a spinoff series, and they brought in a new GM, uh, Brandon Lee Mulligan. And this is a guy that I knew has was like a, a dungeon master, game master. He would come up on, on my YouTube feed a lot about DMing and stuff, and this was the first time I actually saw him get to GM, and I really liked it. I think this guy is really fun and interesting, and it kind of led down watching more of his stuff. So he's actually part of uh, College Humor, we started watching some of the stuff they put out. They actually put out a streaming service a couple years ago, which um, I now subscribe to because I really like his stuff. So um, me and Christine have been watching a lot of Dropout, which is basically college humor's streaming service. Um, you know, and it's not cheap for like a non you know Netflix, Hulu has a lot of content kind of stuff. Um, but I think one of the main draws is their D and D like channel called Dimension Twenty. Um has a lot of campaigns. Brandon is a fantastic um, improviser, um, coming from UCB, and just a great DM that has a lot of really interesting games that kind of take, basically, you know, Dungeons and Dragons outside of high fantasy. They have one that's set in Candyland. There's one that's just set in New York, um, and different types of environments like that. And again, like has a great crew of players um, that are really funny and interesting to watch um, but it was, it's also been a lot of content outside of uh, Dungeons and dragons i've really enjoyed um on dropout and some of this stuff you can actually watch on youtube they have a couple videos here and there so one of the ones i mentioned earlier which had the wrestling episode is this kind of geek game show called um actually where basically the premise of the show is each question is going to have a a factually incorrect thing about geek culture and um, the contestants have to buzz in and then kind of like jeopardy instead of forming it in the form of a question, they have to say, "um, actually, and then give the correction. Um, and i could just watch an episode that was all about um, pro wrestling and it had John Gabriel, who I'm a big fan of. And I think the other guy was named, I don't know if you know this guy, but it's like Jay, I want to say Jay Winters or Jay something. He's a, he's a heavyset black guy and he really knew a lot about wrestling. And that episode was really fun. Um, and then they have another show called Game Changers, where it's kind of like another game show where each game, the game is actually different and the contestants have to figure out essentially how it's played. And then another series that I've really gone into and really enjoyed is called, uh, I think it's called Breaking News something. And basically um, a bunch of the you know actors are reading off a teleprompter that they don't know what it's going to say. And the game is essentially whoever lasts the least or breaks the least um, wins the game. So, yeah, I really enjoy that stuff. I know it's kind of like a hard sell without actually seeing it. But, you know, me and Christine kind of we got interested in this guy. We started watching more of his stuff and just kind of fell into this hole of like uh, just a ton of great content. So, yeah, if you like and And back in the day when I was in college, I went to College Humor quite often and really liked their stuff. Dorkly was great. Um, we've been watching uh Drawfee for a while, which is kind of like their art department. Um, that's unfortunate left uh College Humor at this point. But yeah, I've really been enjoying Dropout. So if you I check out some of that stuff on YouTube and who knows where that may lead.
0: Question for you, Marcus. Sure. This thray game. Mm-hmm. Right. Tell me a bit more about this. Like so you play the cat. Do you, like, guess make meowing sounds? Is there, like, a meow it, button?
2: There, there is a is meow there, button. Is there a,
0: is there a purr button where it just, where, like, you hit the button and your cat just goes.
2: It, there, there is no purr. There is a meow. And so far, there's been a handful of areas where you get to kind of scratch things. So there's a couple carpets you get to scratch up. A tree you get to scratch up. um, And again, like, it, it's kind of an exploration yeah. platforming game. Yeah, it, it has, it's. Very atmospheric in, in that regard, where you know there's not like a HUD, you don't have like a health bar and stuff like that. It is really just you're in this kind of robot, you know, dystopian type city, um, and you're kind of just exploring it. Um, and, and so far, like the narrative has been a little light, but like, yeah, the, the cat is animated extremely well, very lifelike. Um, and, and in, the, in the beginning, you have a couple cat friends and you kind of get to interact with them, and they do very cat things. I mean, if you're a cat fan. This is a game that at the very least go to YouTube and and check out the beginning. because I think it'll, you know, it'll get you in in that regard so far playing it. It hasn't really I had I had high expectations because this game looked extremely cool when it first came out. And again, I'm very early on, so I don't want to give too much, you know, judgment. It just hasn't, you know, I had high expectations. It hasn't blown me away, but I still want to give more time to it.
0: I've got one more question. Sure. Why not? Have you heard? Have
2: you heard?
0: At any point yet? Oh, big stretch. Uh,
2: no, I have. So far, there has been no. Actually, no, that's not true. There, there's been some. There, you do find a droid that actually has, that actually speaks. But so far, it's been fairly quiet. And I think I can't remember if I've seen any of the cats do a big stretch. In, in the beginning, you get to interact with these other cats, and they kind of play with each other. They kind of rub up against each other but i don't remember mike if i saw a big stretch or not it seems likely and i think there might be places in the environment you can actually have the cat take a nap and i would imagine after taking a cat nap that is usually where you get a big stretch but i cannot confirm that at this time maybe when we come back next week i can confirm that for you
1: i i wait for that analysis all right boys and girls that was stuff we like We're going to be back next week where we're going to see if we got ourselves a new bantamweight champion, women's bantamweight champion. We're going to see who the new interim flyweight champion is. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, we're going to do that. So thank you all so much for listening. Uh, I was Dr. Law. That was DJ Mark. And that was Lavender Gooms. We'll see you all next week. Thank you and peace out. See ya. Peace. Yeah. So So, like, speaking of games uh power wash simulator (laughs) i've become familiar with that that is existence i think i'm about to buy it yeah i think i'm about to to buy it
2: (laughs) i don't think it's on a playstation or switch so i'm kind of out of the loop but if i had the ability i would because i do
1: think that stuff is very satisfying (laughs) exactly um i'm glad you're on board buddy 25 bucks should be less just saying yeah it probably if you wait it definitely will be that's
2: a game that will definitely go on sale
1: thank you all very much and goodbye